You're listening to an old episode of Metal Gear Mondays. To keep up with all of the new episodes, please check out patreon.com slash Mondays. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Metal Gear Mondays, the podcast where we play all the Metal Gear games from start to finish, top to bottom, left to right, right to left if you're Japanese. My name Diagonally. is Alessia Summerfield, and Whoa. I am joined by Isaac Lynn. Hello. Hello. Samuel Wright. I'm Blue Dabadi Dabadai. And our lovely guest from last episode is joining us again, Mr. Cole Ross. Hello. Awesome, and he's just so just so polite. Me and Isaac are being idiots, and he's just like, "Hello." Just, <laughs> Here, man. here's the thing: I say hello with the same cadence and pitch every time, and I'm waiting for somebody <laughs> to notice. God damn it! It's like those people that can draw perfect circles. He just like hits it every single time. Well, well, just take the take the SpongeBob. All you have to do to draw a perfect circles is just draw a perfect uh, face. And then just erase all the fine details, and then you have a circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So this is the episode where we don't give a shit, and we just cut up like crazy, which is perfect for this ragtag bunch of weirdos that we have on the podcast. And we are going to tackle your responses to the first part of Metal Gear Solid 3, though a lot of you just kind of talked about general MGS3 stuff, which is great. Um, but yeah, so, and these have been parsed for spoilers, so if I missed something, that's all on me, and I apologize to you, Isaac. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think I edited them enough, but we'll find out soon. It won't make um, sense to me anyway, so. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, let's start us off with Sam. Sam, can you tackle Hi. the first email? Oh, I certainly will. Um, this email is from, uh, I will, I'll give him a shout for this, our first ever Patreon backer, uh, Wes Pomeroy, hmm. um, via email. He says, hey guys, after replaying MGS1 and MGS2 over the past few weeks, I started Snake Eater this past Sunday with the hopes of playing it alongside the podcast. Thus far, I have completed the Virtuous Mission and had a few thoughts and questions I wanted to share. Did you say Virtual first, Mission? I, no. <laughs> virtuous Mission. <laughs> <laughs> Virtua mission. Um, <laughs> That's the Sega spin off. <laughs> Virtua fighter, what? Virtua cop. <laughs> uh, VR troopers. <laughs> um, God, I just want to do a VR troopers podcast so bad. <laughs> we are. We are VR. I need it. Anyway, um, first, I love the openings to all the Metal Gear Solid games. I think they are some of the best intros in gaming. Um, Snake Eater, however, is my favorite. The Halo jump is absolutely epic, and the lead into the Snake Eater theme after the completion of the Virtuous Mission is perfect. Second, I forgot how damn hard this game is. And damn is all capital letters to accentuate. Um, I definitely think this is the most difficult Metal Gear Solid. The guards spot you incredibly easy anytime you stand up, and the lack of good radar system makes the experience super intense. 
Um, I believe this is a symptom of Snake Eater trying to outgrow its console generation. The past Metal Gear games knew what they were and knew their limitations. Snake Eater is very ambitious in its execution, and that leads to some awkward control and unintentional alerts. How do you guys feel about that statement? I think... I don't know. I don't think it's unintentional. I think it's very intentional. Um, And I think that that just kind of... (laughs) leads to everything that we've been saying about how this is trying to kind of set a bar for a new Metal Gear experience. Because I think, other than 4, every game after this never takes a back step back towards the radar. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I, I mean, I sort of agree with his first statement that it was uh, it's a hard, this, the hardest game. It's hard in the fact that like you do get spotted really easily, but... Um, you can always run away really easily and hide and regenerate your health. So be patient, uh, you know. Yeah, patience is key. Yeah, I don't know. Like for, for for me, like maybe I take like too far of a view of this or like more of a meta view, but I don't have a lot of problems with an with an inexperienced snake like getting seen a lot. Like from a narrative point of view, like, uh, but also I never, I never play these games to like minimize my cautions or alerts. Just kind of like, oh, you know, if I get seen, what happens after that happens? If I die, okay. But, uh, but yeah, I I think that it really does depend on expectation and also kind of uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a really bad pickle, you can always chomp down on that fake death pill. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll, I I'll occasionally like tongue my back tooth and see if I can flip it up to see if somebody's <laughs> installed one. <laughs> uh, I will say too, one thing that we did not touch on on the episode is that there are a lot of firsts that happen at the beginnings of these missions. So it's like the first time oh, they yeah. use the Fulton recovery system, but it's also the world's first halo jump, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. immediately in operation snake eater, it's also like the world's first like drone drop or whatever. Um, mm. so, so snakes just breaking records everywhere. <laughs> he absolutely is. Speaking of which, Wes continues. He says, after my awesome Halo jump descent into enemy territory, I was super pumped, ready to be a super spy, and ready to kick some Soviet ass. Unfortunately, I forgot how different the controls here are for the previous ones. <laughs> it took me way too long to remember that the D-pad was used to sneak. I feel you, brother. Um, this resulted in some super bumbling with me alerting guards by trying to stand up rather than crouch or run when I wanted to sneak. After about 30 minutes of reacquainting myself with the controls, I decided to restart the game and <laughs> through the mission again. This time, I was the super spy I wanted to be. I snuck through the jungle undetected while using a hornet's nest to distract the sentries at the bridge. I hid in a hollowed out, hollowed out tree in order to perfectly sneak up and choke out an unsuspecting guard. Then I completed gameplay by silently infiltrating the building where Soklaw was being held. The whole experience was super intense without the radar system of past Metal Gear games and served as a reminder of what the series can be at its best. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts regarding which Metal Gear intros you like best, which I think we touched on uh, last episode. Um, Mm -hmm. Which games you found the most difficult and how you guys executed the Virtuous Mission, which is is all talked about last episode. (laughs) Um, And in bold, also, I really hope... Isaac will be back for this episode. Aww. We get it. We get it. Alessio and Sam are not 
uh, as legendary and uh, fulfilling as the legend of doesn't have a twit. We get it. He's back. You're welcome. <laughs> get off our back. You're, you're happy now. All right, guys. Hey, the first taste is free. Every time after that, I got to charge you. <laughs> Am I, Daddy got to charge you for the, for the make, it, make it a new pay. A new, a oh. new Patreon tier. <laughs> yeah, if you want, if you want Isaac on the podcast, you have to donate twenty dollars for a Patreon. <laughs> Otherwise, you get the Isaac free version. Oh god! Oh, oh no! That, honestly, like- I think I think that would be motivation for some people. <laughs> honestly, we just we're not we're not going to do it because we actually like you guys. But um. <laughs> yeah, so vote now. Pre-recorded he- Isaac from previous episodes or real Isaac? Pay with your dollar. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Wes, Wes wraps it up with thanks and keep up the great work, and we we uh, we uh, we will certainly try. Awesome possum. That was um, nice. There was one thing that I wanted to quickly add to that, which was when he was talking about difficulty of controls, having played MGS5 most recently, the ability to not be able to move while crouched really fucked with me. In this oh, game. yeah. I kept can't doing move? it. Well, like, so in this game, when you, you have to press X, and then if you move, you, you, you go prone. But in MGS5 and Peace Walker, you can crouch and then, like, crouch walk. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. And so I was yeah. so used to being able to crouch walk that I forgot I had to, like, press X, like, multiple times to, like, stand back up. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. No, um, like, just to, to, go ahead. No, I was going to say, to answer his question about difficulty, I think it was three until I started playing five. I had the hardest time with five, or I had the hardest time with five. I think I think three has a unique, unique combination of, like, it's asking a lot of you, and they're, it's, it's definitely making it very hard to do what it's asking of you. Like, five, yeah, yeah it's asking a lot, but the controls are really intuitive. Um, and especially yeah. it's like faster, more free flowing, uh, kind of stuff. And this, you know, it kind of feels like you're playing the, well, what would the equivalent of a flight simulator be for a dude? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Oh man. This. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I felt yeah. it was um, a little bit more, it was more realistic in nature that like you had to control your camouflage and you could see like how uh camouflage you were um and then i guess all with the the medical stuff that was adding more realism to it but then it was more forgiving with the whole um regenerating your health so i don't know it's pros and cons for me yeah it's good we haven't gotten to uh snakes like uh, Asperger's level descriptions of how much he loves guns yet. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so. we, we haven't found Snake's gun bro yet either. So. No. I can't That's wait. Awesome. Um, Isaac, we, do you want to take this next one from Liquid Metal Mike? LMM. Um, sure thing. <laughs> that was really sensual. Uh, was it? It was supposed LMM. to be. LMM. <laughs> You've seen through my intent. <laughs> I, I, was, I had my hand on my chest for Wow, wow. What? So Liquid Metal Mike is also the origin of the original Matt Campbell fan art. Um, yep. So he's yeah. a hero. He's, 
Yeah, he's a hero. He's the uh, he's the flag bearer for uh, for uh, Matt Campbell fan art. Considering that he's the only person that sent us Matt Campbell fan art, <laughs> he's, he's sent still... us multiple multiple drawings. Yes, he sent us he sent us the original picture, which is currently my phone background. Um, and he also sent us a picture of Gerlukovich betraying Matt Campbell, <laughs> <laughs> an overweight alcoholic. I love Matt that one. Campbell. I love yeah, it. <laughs> it, it's it's wonderful. Okay, so. Uh, Liquid Metal Mike says to us, okay, so I'm a little ham-faced, but here goes my best recollection of MGS3. Um, The trailers for it had the bombers and the Cold War era dates flashing before the MGS2 theme with some acoustic guitar accent revealing a snake-eating solid snake. Question mark? Wait, is that a question? Yeah. (laughs) No, it's got to be Big Boss for sure. (laughs) Okay. I just had to keep reading. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't slow down. Uh, (laughs) Shoot. Um, you have to also understand here, he says ham face, that means drunk. Yeah. Oh, so I got, oh and I, hev- this I heavily edited this because there were ty- typos abound. <laughs> oh. Did he actually say ham faced? Thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> then I play the game on easy and I look for Raiden. Uh, Here, hold on. I'll say the swears. I forgot that I gave Isaac the most swear laden one. It's a good. <laughs> he said, "I look, I look like fucking Raiden, and damn near." Go ahead, Isaac. <laughs> I bust Just keep going. I'll have. say the swears. Just keep going. No, no. I want to. I want to say the next swears for him, please. Uh, that mask came in real handy later, though. And then the and, and then the fucking river. <laughs> Fuck that river. <laughs> I like to avoid strategy guides, so that fuck that my fuck life my river. life river <laughs> <laughs> gave me a hell of a time. Hell, <laughs> figuring out the secret. Seriously, fuck that fuck river. That river. <laughs> then there's the ending. Hands down, the best video game ending ever. Oh, uh, Isaac doesn't swear, y'all. Yeah, no, as evidenced by his. I've, this I've is heard fascinating. Isaac. I've heard uh, I've heard Isaac swear once in the fifteen years that I've known him, and it was amazing. It was the most glorious, like it was the most nonchalant. Like I I had to double take. I was like, wait a minute did did I just hear that right? Yep. Oh. As evidenced by his his consistent use of uses of the phrase "shoot" and "darn." I'm just being quaint. i appreciate it it was great yeah no beautiful we have your back we ought to we ought to give him swear laden messages more often so (laughs) we can play we can play fucking mad libs (laughs) no he's he's backed up by uh by by a very profane greek chorus (laughs) (laughs) Um, i will say i think liquid metal mike is referring to the river boss fight Maybe. Oh yeah, I think because he skips yeah. around. Like in this message, he skips around through the game a little bit. So I don't know if he means the bridge or if he means the river fight. Um. Yeah. Well, when he says figuring out the secret, I think I, I think he means like that part. Yeah. Yeah. At the at the end of it, which we don't want to spoil for Isaac, but well, it's no, likewise no. too. If he did figure out the secret, it doesn't really help you in the moment. It just kind of helps you through the game yeah so I, I don't know but cole would you like to read the next email from zach detrochio 
Yes. Uh, so Zach writes in via email saying, hey, Metal Gear Monday crew and Cole. It's Zach here. <laughs> hey, you know, I got to mention, it's cool. Uh, Zach is a fairly new listener. Uh, first time writing into the show directly. Um, I'm a huge fan of the show and actually binge listen to the Metal Gear Solid and MGS Ghost Babble episodes to hear Cole's thoughts on the games. Um, and I'm very excited to hear him discuss the virtuous mission with you guys. Um, so those were, were good Aww. episodes of WAF, by the way. Oh, yeah. I love doing those. I like talking about Metal Gear if it, has, if it hasn't come through. Um, <laughs> Zach continues. I did a quick run through of the Virtuous Mission uh, just to get caught up and play along with you guys. And I definitely can say that the nostalgia is real with this one. Even after having replayed it on the HD collection numerous times in the past four and a half years. I still get that same feeling feeling of excitement that 11-year-old Zach got back got back in 2004 uh, when the game was first released, especially upon hearing the opening notes of Snake Eater. The first thing I have to ask is what did you guys think of the very out of place Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater wording on the front of, the, of, of Snake's oh. altitude mask uh, for the Halo jump. Um, you I, you heard what we thought. It's weird as shit. Yeah, it's super out of place. Um, Zach continues, I don't remember that being in the original PS2 version, and it's a bit too forced for me. Um, in the following cutscene, I couldn't stop laughing when when Snake says "virtual mission." Um, <laughs> man, that was a terrible impression. Oh gosh, it's so late. I've, virtual I've mission. I've done a total of five hours of podcast recording today, oh, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I couldn't stop laughing when Snake says "virtual mission," um, uh, as all I could think of was back when Alessio, Sam, and I were talking about the skit where he says where he says that, and then Ryden's person to a screaming did you say nerd <laughs> and then of course yeah we, uh, we had a we had a skype call with him we were just kind of <laughs> chatting with him um like pre him being on the podcast he's yeah. gonna be one of our guests um and we we worked out a skit where where ryan does just that <laughs> <laughs> ryan's very insecure like this yes, as a rule. He is. <laughs> Zach, uh, Zach continues. Um, and then, of course, there's the part where he loses his backpack. But all I could think of was the spoof short where Snake opens his backpack too late and just goes hurtling toward the cliff to his death. Uh, the last thing I have to say about the Virtuous Mission uh, is to ask you guys uh, if you knew about the extra weapons that are in this section. I found out. Uh, I found about uh, yeah I found out about this back in the PS2 days, and you can actually find the SVD sniper rifle in Dremuchij North um, uh, if you take the first left and go to the dead end that it leads to. That actually makes. De- <laughs> do you want me, do you want me to do yeah, this? No, do that's, me do this? That's tough. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, pick it up. Dolin Vodno. That actually makes Dolin Vodno uh, very easy and entertaining if you shoot the bee's nest onto the one guard at the end of the rope bridge. So he runs to his buddies halfway across and then starts sniping the ropes um, and watching them <laughs> fall into the gorge. Uh, it's also this area where you can find the XM16E1 M16 in the small cave beneath the bridge, where the raindrop camo is located during Operation Snake Eater. Um, I spent more time than I'd like to admit crawling beneath Sokolov's cell in Rosvit, 
uh, playing Exterminator using the M16 on full auto. Uh, I think that's overkill, Zach. A little bit. Yeah. Come uh, on, Detrokio. I mean, he just, he just wants to make some uh, wants to make some uh, rat dust, I suppose. <laughs> um, and then in conclusion here, oh, one final note. The boss breaking Snake's arm still makes me cringe to this day. An elbow is not supposed to bend that way. Anyway, keep up the amazing shows. I'm looking forward to the rest of this season, and I'm extremely excited to be a part of it in the near future. And remember... It's just a box. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Don't worry, guys. The show's not over. Yo. We're still going. <laughs> yeah, that, that elbow bend is like the thing nightmares are made of. Ugh. Yeah. And the sound. Like they made that. Ugh. Yeah, they made that whole scene in like excruciating detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sam, <sighs> I'm going to skip over this Nick one so that you can read that later since it's partial. Oh. Um, yeah. Since you um, have it pulled up in the Slack. What do you mean since it's partial? I ty- I typed out the entire thing he said. Oh, weird. For me, it's only the one sentence. Maybe I have to reload my... Oh. Anyway, I'll well, skip it I will. Re- I, uh, I, really want, I really want to read it, though, because I'm going to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll let you read it. Go ahead, Cole. Sorry. So something along with the uh, with the, with the elbow break. Are you guys aware of the switcheroo they, they, that they did with the, uh, with the uh, actors in this? Uh-uh. No. no. So um, in order to kind of like sell the fact that Snake is real young... Um, and kind of extremely inexperienced. They have separate actors for both the kind of like uh, acting scenes and for the action scenes. Oh. And so for certain hmm. scenes, they actually uh, had the action guy do the acting stuff and the acting guy do the action stuff. Oh, in order oh, to kind of weird. like sell to sell his awkwardness in the kind of like romantic stuff later on. Um, and to uh, sell his awkwardness with kind of uh, his physical prowess, like they had the like his mocap artists were playing against their strengths. That's and crazy. You can, you, wow. you can, That's really cool. You can totally see that in his confrontation with the uh, with the boss. That's crazy. Yeah. I did huh. not know that. Fun fact. Just uh, keep, um, keep keep an eye out for it because it's like a really masterful decision. That's awesome. Not everything That's needs to be cool. polished, like y'all. Like. Yeah, for sure. If, <laughs> if Silent Hill Two taught me anything with its voice actors, uh, yeah, yeah, go for it, man. It's preferred, especially after Troy Baker, Harry Mason. Yuck. <laughs> oh my god, yuck! Um, Life is for living, man. <laughs> Troy Baker, um, Troy Baker, everything. Cole, real quick, uh, we must we must submit to we must submit to Baker to the I Troy kinda, Baker I, I kind I liked <laughs> Troy you, Baker as Ocelot in Five. I like him in the like brief somehow two hours of combined voice work that he's done in my eighty hours of playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's good. Like like Troy ba- Troy Baker will always sound like Troy Baker, but he did a really good job with that character. I think yeah. mm-hmm. he always just reminds me of uh, not Comstock. Uh, what's the Pinkerton agent version of Comstock's name again? Uh, uh, Booker. That's Booker. like mega spoilers. Yeah, yeah Booker. Yeah. 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 Yeah, sorry. Well, Super no, like, mega, he, like multi-year spoiler. <laughs> yeah, well, I, like, I, it's it's difficult for me to hear him and not have him sound like uh, what's his name, uh, Jimmy Last of Us. Oh yeah, Joel. Joel. Yeah, yeah, Joel. He did. I think he did a really good job. Yeah, that was Last good. Yeah, like phenomenal job. Yeah, he gets um, work for a reason. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, oh, yeah. He also takes yeah. care of his yeah. hair and, like a champ. Oh yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Um, um, and him, and then him, and him, and other prolific. Voice actor Nolan North are going to be together in uh, Uncharted here soon. Yeah, yeah. they were to the, they were uh, they were together in uh, in Last of Us. 
Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. David was Nolan North, wasn't he? I yep. feel like. Oh, man. I feel like when the that two of chilling. them speak simultaneously, it's like standing in between two Starbucks that are across the street <laughs> from each other. Like your your watch stops ticking for a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm sorry to take us down this road because I know it's very late. Uh, but uh, have have you guys played uh, uh, Saints Row Four? Uh, I have not oh, yeah. played Four yet. Yeah, well, Four. You know how they they let you uh, like in the series in general they they let you pick your voice actor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, you can choose Nolan North <laughs> as an option oh, for your voice. Yep. And it's just and Nolan, it's like <laughs> it's just Nolan <laughs> North being like a Nolan North ass voice. Like it's himself. Yeah. And like they rewrite some <laughs> of the lines to indicate that the boss is in fact Nolan North. <laughs> <laughs> like, like just but like it's like, pretty phenomenal like both these dudes yeah it's ridiculous that they appear in and and all these games but like they're super talented i have like immense respect for them absolutely oh yeah no yeah. Um, absolutely it's just hilarious my last they're like there's they're super self-aware of it too which is great yeah my uh my last uh silent hill weird voice acting question that i was gonna ask you cole yep. um and uh i don't know if you guys said it or not are you guys playing the hd version of silent hill 3 for wasp no actually uh okay, i try i tried doing it uh so it sucks <laughs> that you can't get the original voice actors because i like heather's voice actor um a lot sure. and also like for a different reason i like douglas's voice actor a lot because he sounds like an old blues man in yeah. the original ps2 <laughs> i did the the original ps2 um not because of like uh voice actor affiliation or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. uh but because the hd version just the frame rate in three is just god awful yeah also the yeah. sounds apparently i didn't know this but apparently they fucked up the sounds and so, like not, when you when you walk on like regular pavement, it makes like mm-hmm. metal noises. And I stuff? think they patched that out. I didn't notice it when we were doing Duck Stream. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, cool. but uh, like the like the voice acting is the primary bone of contention. But uh, but for me, like the frame rate, especially because so much of that game is about big, wide open spaces um, and mm-hmm. lots of enemies coming at you, uh, it just gets untenable. Uh, in a way that like takes you out of the experience, and as you'll find out on this upcoming episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, yeah, um, yeah, uh, go check it out, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, like I just I I love that game so goddamn much. It is one of my favorite <laughs> things in the entire world, and like anything that takes you out of that experience is just like is meant to be looked upon with with disdain. For sure. Yeah. Well, I bought a one, two, three, and four like the original copies like two years ago. Nice. And uh, I beat one and two and have never beaten three. And so you guys will probably be the reason why I actually finish it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. it's super short. Like it's like it's like a five hour game. Oh, nice. It's just too fucking scary to play. Oh, yeah. No, like definitely. <laughs> like I, I, shit. I'm so sorry that I made this about like promoting my own shit. But like, oh, no, so, like Silent Hill is just like just my favorite possible thing in the world. Mm-hmm. like so so like the second you get me going i will continue going about it but uh but yeah uh yeah no 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 fours fours on my streaming list up soon um along with uh echo night beyond and uh until oh, nice. dawn but like nice. yeah well sweet until dawn have you played have you played until dawn yet cole no i want to go in blind uh to yeah. uh to play okay. for a stream i need to okay. play it too um it's 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 really cool yeah i think you'll like it i love that shit i love that i love that kind of game yeah. Oh yeah. Same. I've I've taken us off it's, off topic too much. I'm oh, sorry. Fine, no, fuck it. This is what this is what we do. No, it, <laughs> until dawn is very much a, a love letter to the genre. So Fantastic. I think you'll you'll like it a lot. Yeah. Sweet. Um, <laughs> do you want to take Nick? Here? Oh, yeah. I, well, before we move on from this, I just have one more statement about <laughs> about about Troy Baker and Nolan North. 
Um, I watched this video. This chick was interviewing Troy Baker, and he was he was doing a very jokey interview with her. But um, she said, "What kind of advice do you have for uh, people trying to get involved in uh, in voice acting?" And he just like dead eyes the camera and goes, "Kill Nolan North and me." <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget was was, was that in a, I know that voice. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a yeah. fantastic documentary that I think is still on Netflix, but it's a uh, John oh, DiMaggio. Uh, oh, nice. uh, uh, Bender and uh, and what's his name Phoenix from uh, from Gears of War. Uh, he put together this documentary oh. about voice acting in in Hollywood and video games and anime and stuff like that. And that is uh, it's it's not super strong as a documentary, but like you're gonna get to see a lot of people doing voices, and that is that is fascinating. If you like anything mm-hmm. like video games or anything that is animation based, mm-hmm. nice. I did not yep. know about that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great watch. Sweet. special <laughs> segment i'm just stepping out of the shower and i've got a robe on uh, but if you'd like to listen to this podcast and other great podcasts like it go to geek <laughs> if you would like more, if you would like more ASMR inf- info on as a Patreon perk we'll do an entire episode we'll of ASMR entire- oh my gosh. if you that would be donate amazing. to our Patreon please don't jack off to uh, our voices if we get, if we get 15, 15 patrons on Patreon we'll do an entirely ASMR episode 100% Enough scent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, cool. Um, Sam, I'll let you take a right. before I jump into Sam. Yeah. Okay. Email. Oh, actually, not even an email. Nikki, uh, Nikki Ziggy Stardust, Nikki Z <laughs> in the place to be. Booyakasha! Nick Ziggler. Uh, via our, uh, our, our Slack channel. Which you can get invited to by going to patreon.com slash geektimepod and donating a dollar. Um, sent this message as we started recording. Um, 
just talking about um talking about uh Metal Gear Solid 3 he said I really like the whole scene where <laughs> where Snake takes down Ocelot and the self-esteem team I like that we'll we'll never refer to them as the Ocelot unit again um no no matter how improbable it was that one of them didn't just shoot Snake. <laughs> the whole scene is beautifully animated and choreographed, and it's super fun to watch. Um, I also like the little Easter egg that happens if you kill Ocelot afterwards, which is the time paradox thing that we, we talked about. Um, he goes on to say, another little thing I noticed playing through, after Snake is thrown off the bridge and he washes up on the riverbed, he flips himself over, and you, for a, if you are watching carefully, he actually flinches when his broken arm flops onto the ground. It's the little details that make Metal Gear the greatest series ever. Yeah. And thank you, Nikki Z. Um, I want to I I cross the streams for a second. So in Silent Hill 3, there is a fella hiding behind a plastered wall. And if you examine the wall, you'll see two little feet. And whenever you examine it, you get a silencer, I think. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a nod to Metal Gear, but they're both Konami, and it makes sense. They're, so. They were roughly concurrent, too. Yeah. So Cool. Well, I'm going to jump into this next one. This is Sam Mashville Wilson via Facebook. Uh, hey guys, uh, and there and there can be only one Sam. I'm gonna start calling you Smashville. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Smashville Wilson. Uh, great wrestler name, by the way. Um, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. You gotta- Smashville Wilson coming at you. Dig it. <laughs> um. Hey guys, greetings from Australia. First off, let me say great job on the podcast. Really enjoying it so far. Uh, I found the podcast the same way it seems many fans have, searched Metal Gear Solid into iTunes, and yours popped up. The reason why I was searching was because I recently replayed Metal Gear Solid 4 and was cruising through the game in that the in-game pod, iPod, which contained episode one of the official Konami Metal Gear podcast, which got me thinking that there must be someone doing a good ongoing MGS podcast. Yours is exactly what I was looking for, and exactly why we made it, because I did the exact same thing. <laughs> <clears throat> I am a relative latecomer to the Metal Gear Solid series. As a teen, I had dabbled with the games, but could never dedicate myself to learning to play them properly. The first Metal Gear Solid game I played to completion was Guns of the Patriots. I'm sorry. On the recommendation of my now fiance. Stop it, Alessio. <laughs> You're being mean. I'm sorry. Understandably, a lot of the plot went over my head, having not played any of the previous games, but I was still completely engrossed by the themes and storytelling I remember thinking... I remember thinking that it was just like modern military fantasy. After finishing Guns of the Patriots, I dug deep into the story and mythos of the series and found myself hooked. Next, I played Ground Zeroes, which despite the fact that it's basically a glorified demo, I loved it I loved, I loved. loved it for its dark themes and insanely good graphics and gameplay. I love Kiefer Sutherland as Big Boss. I feel like he has more range than David Hayter. Plus, I see Hayter more as the voice of Solid Snake than Big Boss. I was completely blown away by Phantom Pain from start to finish. I know some people weren't happy with the ending of the story in general, but I was just amazed that Kojima had found a way to reconcile the continuity holes between Metal Gear 1 and 2 and Metal Gear Solid. The gameplay was the best of the series to date, and Quiet is easily my favorite female character of the series. Phantom Pain also made me respect and loved Ocelot. That dude holds it down. (laughs) That's fancy Ocelot. That's not Troy Baker Ocelot. (laughs) Yeah, that's Mr. Fancy Pants Ocelot with his guns. Before he gets gets grounded, you know? Yeah, exactly. Before he gets gets sent to his room. 
Uh, no. Go to your room, Mr. Sir. <laughs> Mr. Like, quadruple I, I, agent. I mean, more in the sense of like, oh, he's, you know, he, he matures alongside Big Boss. They're both, you know, they're, they're colleagues, but he can be sent to his room too, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. Snake's supposed to be 25, right? In MGS3. God, I'm, I think so. I'm a failure. Uh, I'm just like thinking of I'm just like thinking of scenarios now that Ocelot we get sent to this Ocelot when we brought DD back to back to Mother Base. <laughs> we talked about responsibility and you haven't been walking DD like you're supposed to. Go to your room and think about what you've done, young man. Go practice torture on your dummies. <laughs> okay. It's fucked up. Oh, anyway. So Smashville continues. <clears throat> Yeah. I had never gone back and tried to play any of the older games because I didn't think I could handle moving backwards gameplay-wise. But after playing Phantom Pain, I knew I had to play through Snake Eater, once again persuaded by my fiancé. So I bought the HD remake collection for PS3 and got stuck into it. Also, real, really quick side note. Who is your fiancé? Because they sound amazing. They keep recommending <laughs> these great games for you to play. Um, I'm very glad that I bit the bullet and dove into it. At times, I was frustrated by the awkward controls, but it was totally worth it for the story. That game feels like a James Bond movie on steroids to me. The opening sequence of The Virtuous Mission is such a great setup, teaching you how to play the game and introducing the main players without ever feeling like a boring tutorial. I'd always heard that the boss fight with the end was one of the best in the series, and it did not disappoint. I had so much fucking trouble in the final battle. That fight took me at least eight tries. It wasn't that she was beating me. I just finished her before the time limit ran out. Oh, and that Snake Eater theme song. Holy shit, so good after smashing through Snake Eater. I replayed Guns of the Patriots, which I enjoyed even more than the first time because I actually understood the story and all of the references to previous games properly. My favorite moment in that game is either the Rex... Good call. Delete it. Blank, blank, blank. Delete it! Which I now know is blank, blank, blank. <laughs> anyway, once again, great job on the show. <laughs> Can't wait until you start on Snake Eater and to hear your opinions of the controversial ending of Phantom Pain. You guys have given me even more love of my favorite game series. And remember, it's just a box. I love Isaac. Isaac I'm like sorry. De- I- Isaac's like defeated. Delete it. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Somebody what is up with all these listeners no. trying to prematurely end our episode? <laughs> it's just a box nonsense. Yeah, they're trying. They're, they're trying, man. Hey, you know they must not want. They must not want the podcast. That's a that's a that, that's a thing. It's gonna sound like I'm. It's gonna sound like I'm being cute, but people are going to want to put you in a box. Oh, <laughs> I just pictured plushies of us in a box. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the, like, I would take that as being pretty grim. Like, no, they're not putting you in a coffin, but like, they're, they're, they're going to latch onto that one thing for you, you know? That's true. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Plushies, plushies, go to geektime.spreadshirt.com. No, I'm kidding. They don't, I don't think they do plushies. We'll figure it out. We'll figure or something not. out. You can get a shirt that says that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, um, it's just... So, Isaac, do you want to round us off? All right. I promise this one has no spoilers. I'm sorry I fucked up on the you last You sure about one. that? I, I don't promise. know if I trust you anymore. Hold on. Let me read it real quick. Okay, you're right. good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. Rosebud so. was Matt Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a, um, a Facebook message from Ben Smith. Ben Garibaldi Smith. <laughs> hey guys. So like most people, so MGS3 is my favorite entry in the series, although it's very close between that and the Phantom Pain. 
I feel the story has the most depth and character development in the series, which I agree so far. Although I do feel that the whole of uh, MGS4 story couldn't have happened without the events and characters set up in MGS3. They reference so many specific moments throughout MGS4. Just the one comment from playing through uh, the Virtuous Mission. Did anyone else find it really noticeable that all the Soviet guards throughout the mission um, and game all had American accents? After I think we went over that. Or did we actually yeah. go over the details? Let me push up my glasses real quick. I did. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. we, we, we commented specifically to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we answered the question before reading the question. Fantastic. We do that a lot without even realizing it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After spending so much time with MGS2, it was really jarring to hear the Soviet, quote, guards <laughs> calling in support of American That was a good accents. verbal quote. <laughs> uh, Q Sam's impression of the Cyborg Ninja here. Death mine's death. <laughs> also, the cutscene where Snake takes down the entire entirety of Ocelot's unit, also known as... The self-esteem, self-esteem team. Yeah. <laughs> is one of the best in the whole game. Anyway, that's my piece said. Uh, great work and look forward to the podcast on Operation Snake Eater. Sorry. I give my life. I feel like... Do you guys think that more people would enlist in the armed forces if they put that as the theme song behind one of the new army ads? Oh, absolutely. Yes. That would be yes. amazing. That's <laughs> the way I you. Snake eater. Cool. So, in a quick response to that, I would be I would feel remiss if I blew my shot here to say this like metal gear solid three like prequels are usually tiresome because they feel the need to set up too much and like have a lot of connections to hey this thing i already know um but the fact that this is like its own self-contained thing until like like even uh oh gosh what is it the the vita game the psp game yeah even peace walker has like very tenuous connections to this like the fact that this is its own self-contained kind of thing that like acts as a as a as a base kind of like referent for everything else in the series makes it possible for them to like make this thing that does have the depth and character development that Ben talks about right sure. like mm-hmm. you know they they they're not slave to continuity they're creating it and like yeah. all of the connections to future stuff it's not it doesn't feel like it is made because, like, oh, we've got to we've got to make everything pat for the fans who are expecting things to tie up. But it's like, no, like here we're gonna have some fun with this and like have the macro arc be this story that we want to tell, as opposed to the story that we are compelled to tell because the series is kind of like driving to this place that everybody expects to because of its own momentum. Mm, for sure, that's that's the benefits of being like the first in a story mm-hmm. even though it's even though it's three it's the first it's the prequel to the whole thing yeah and even if you put fan service things in there for people who've played the games before it's still the first so you're you're creating a self-contained bubble for people who haven't played anything else yeah and that's why this is still like if somebody asked me which metal gear game should you go play like this is probably going to be the one 
because yeah. the mechanics and systems are there, but also you're not going to feel alienated by what's happening on the screen. That's true. Definitely, definitely mm-hmm. not for oh god, or two. Then. Yeah, or two. <laughs> well, and I will god. say it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like MGS One, even when it came to the states, and a lot of people, myself included, did not know what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost feel like even with the retconning that Kojima and company did, uh, that game very much so, I, I think, just like alienated a ton of people. Mm-hmm. But I guess it just kind of took it in stride instead. Yeah, yeah. I just like it, it felt like a sense of mystery, right? Yeah. As opposed was, to everything else was like, okay, we all have this like common point of reference, which is Metal Gear Solid 1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Totally. Well, and I will say this, now that you mentioned that, because I didn't even really consider that sort of take on, on on the prequel nature of the game, but I think this might be my favorite prequel in anything. Yeah. Not Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the mind jumps to. Yeah. I, I hate sand. <laughs> it's so rough. It gets in my butt. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um... Well, sweet. A plus. Um, I will say so. Since a lot of our listeners have kind of come here from having played the Phantom Pain, um, and we did this great, amazing thing where we're like, "Hey, let's start a Metal Gear podcast, but let's play them in like release order and mm-hmm. <laughs> make everybody wait forever for us to get to five. <laughs> um, I will say, listener retention. Cole, without without spoiling anything, I am curious. What are your feelings on the Phantom Pain? Because I don't know. Other than the level, I don't know if you really have an outlet through the shows that you do. And I'm, I was, I've been really curious about your take on five. I really love five. Um, if I'm going to put a finer point on it, I really love the first chapter of five. Like, you know, the Phantom Pain is very obviously an incomplete work, which hurts the overall thing. But I think that by the time it resolves of its own momentum and tells the story that it wants to tell that was set up in ground zeros, um, that feels pretty satisfying to me. Um, so like chapter two, the less said about the overall, uh, kind of like gestalt of it, the better there are cool moments in it. But, um, but like when you look at what you're actually doing, I, I had so much fun playing it. Like it is the best that a metal gear game has ever felt making it, uh, interesting when you fail, and kind of letting you improvise in a way that like they only kind of like promise but never delivered on in three mm-hmm. um, to where you are like planning your approach. And that is all it feels like stuff that is made possible with, you know, the, uh, you know, the PlayStation four Xbox one uh, kind of current generation of hardware, which is how do you keep track of a large number of moving bodies um without having this super <laughs> abstract kind of like radar thing and so the actual loop of like going to a base and then for me like sand sandmanning them out uh <laughs> you know is is incredibly satisfying and like even when it like dips its toe into kojima fuckery it feels very <laughs> It feels very satisfying to me in a way that like, oh, like they like it's fan service, but I am a fan and like being serviced by a creator is not bad. <laughs> you know, I'm a fan. Service yeah. me. 
<laughs> kind of, you know, but like it didn't get in the way. And I think that it is like one of the best and most inventive open world games that I've played, especially since so much of that design has kind of been thrown over to like these codified heuristics of, sure. you know, like Ubisoft design and things like that. Like playing it was such a breath of fresh air, which is bizarre when you're talking about a franchise as old and storied as this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say the first time I played Ground Zeroes, it really felt to me like this is the Metal Gear that Ko- that Kojima had been envisioning since MGS1. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. Um, Yeah, I guess other than that, do you guys have anything that you would like to say, plug, anything like that, before we wrap the episode up? Um, can I just talk about the stellar deal that I got on a Chibi Robo Amiibo? Hmm. Oh. I didn't have to buy the game, and I got the Japanese Amiibo on Amazon for $8. What? Wow. Did you and order it from I, the uh, Japanese Amazon? I ordered it from the American Amazon, and I used our affiliate link to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You're just putting money back into your own pocket. I know. It's exactly. amazing. It's great. <laughs> It's like free money, Alessio. It's like free money. Um, actually, did you guys? It's not like I don't know if you guys know like this or not. Um, the Japanese Amazon store now allows you to pay with an American credit card and ship it internationally. Yeah, which is oh, amazing. That's dangerous. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, well, cool. So I'm actually going to plug something here because I just realized that based on the release schedule for this, and I might even put something at the front of this episode. Um, the Kickstarter for the post-production on my feature film documentary releases today. So oh. you should check that out. Uh, go to kickstarter.com, and the name of the film is Brace for Impact, The Crashland Story. Um, and we've talked about it a fair amount on, on the show before, um, so I won't say too much other than that it is a feature documentary covering three brothers spending two years making one game while their youngest brother is dealing with stage 4B lymphoma. Mm. Um, and it's been a phenomenal... There was a number in there. Yeah. Good job. It's been a, uh, it's been a phenomenal ride, and uh, we are really close to being done with it, and we are essentially just going to be editing through the summer and have the film finished in August to submit to film festivals so please 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 uh we're using the kickstarter to allow people to pre-order the film and get some other cool stuff so definitely check that out or go to the website at www.braceforimpactmovie.com also as you're hearing this on the 28th um i will sadly be leaving st louis on this day after my what i imagine to be fantastic four-day weekend (laughs) as will isaac um, yeah, Isaac, too. We're all going to be together. <laughs> it's insane. It's going to be great. So Sweet. And you guys know what to do. Uh, hit us up on patreon.com slash geektimepod. You can listen to this and all of our other fantastic shows at soundcloud.com slash geektimepod uh, or on our website, geekti.me. Um, I have been digging into the Mad Bad Book Club, uh, which is Nikki Z's podcast reading <laughs> terrible fan fiction chapter by chapter on <laughs> podcast they're uh, reading the best worst harry potter fan fiction ever right now which is called my immortal it's phenomenal <laughs> that, that one's infamous right yep yeah yep. yep it's been a real it's been a real treat so make sure you listen to that show because they have some pretty fantastic homework assignments and they mm. uh 
will take listener homework uh, and and read it on the air. So it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, so I've been digging into that, and so definitely check that out. But we also have tons of other great shows. Um, and uh, Sam, what is the link for the t-shirts? Um, you can go to geektime.spreadshirt.com and you can buy our t-shirts there. We've got a Matt Campbell 2016 t-shirt, just in case the presidential candidates right now aren't treating you good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we've also got a It's Just a Box t-shirt. Um, we've got a couple of t-shirts from the Geek Time podcast. Um, uh, in case you wanted to walk around with a shirt that says, keep it sexy, y'all, on it, um, you can buy that too. Um, I, I painstakingly designed these shirts myself, um, and I currently personally own the Matt Campbell shirt. The quality of these shirts are very good. Um, the colors pop very nicely and I'm a fan of the product itself. So definitely check that out. Very nice. And I want to do a very, very special sign off this week. I want all four of us at once to say, it's just a box. All right. So we're going to do quit this. trying to quit we're, trying to rush. Shit, we're okay. We're not. No, we're not there yet. We're not done. <laughs> we don't Cole to... hasn't. Cole <laughs> right. hasn't pr- pimped right. his stuff. You're right. We still got to talk about our Twitters. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Come You're right. on. Yeah. Cole, Cole, tell them about some stuff. <laughs> what's going on? What's what's uh, what's happening in your neck of the woods? What's going on? Oh, tell. it's 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 pretty simple. First off, I'm so happy you guys asked me to be on the show. Um, but also you can Absolutely. go to duckfeed.tv to check out our many podcasts. And uh, yeah, I, I hope that you uh, listen to them and enjoy them. As they are very enjoyable. Thank you. Very, very nice and sweet. Alessio, where can they find you on the Twitter? At AC Summerfield. And I think you can find me at Samurai DPS. Isaac. Can't find me anywhere. <laughs> where, where'd he go? He's hiding in the grass. <laughs> What was that noise? <laughs> what was that just now? <laughs> um, doesn't have a tweet. That's just, that's just <laughs> 21 followers and zero tweets. I'll Taking <laughs> bets presently about how many followers he needs to make a tweet. Well, guys, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to live tweet my first tweet. <laughs> it's gonna happen. You, you can uh, you can uh, you can tweet your bets at doesn't have a tweet. He won't respond to them. Do you need like a journaling device? <laughs> Do you need me to live tweet you live tweeting your tweet, Isaac? Ooh, yes. Okay. Jeez. Yes. Can I live tweet gotta... you live tweeting you live tweeting his tweet? Yeah, I'm sure no one will notice, but we can all do it. And someone um, has to do a live commentary then, on this live thing. Gotcha. Um, also, Cole, you're on Twitter as well. Yes, at Cole Ross. Uh, that is K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S because I spell my name weird. No, you don't. Well, that's not that's not your fault. Yeah, it's more my parents. <laughs> yeah. They they condemn me to a life of uh, pure Google ability. Yeah, there's no namespace pollution <laughs> on that shit. So I'm okay, Very I suppose. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, also, before we go, I just want to put out a personal like message here. Can you guys go listen to May We Have a Word? Because I'm like super proud of that show. Um, it's a good show. It's mm. one of the shows on our on our network. Um, I sit down with a guest, um, and we talk about and share anecdotes and stories based around a specific word. Um, and I find the process of making it enjoyable. And it's one of my favorite things that I've created. So please check that out uh, for me. Thanks. Very cool. And now we can do your fucking thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to count us down, guys. 
Remember, oh it's just a box. You're really it's excited. Just a box. About All right, you ready? Three, two, oh one. It's just it's a just box. It's just a box. Banana. Banana. <laughs> that was. It's just a box, y'all. That was a mess. Yeah. I had, I had my like. It, I had my conductor arms out and everything. You you like you knew this was gonna happen. Well, yeah. Like you did this to yourself, Alessio. <laughs> you could just put that on my epitaph because I feel like that's just like my life in a nutshell. Did you did this myself. to yourself. Yeah. You know how many times I've said you did this to yourself so many times to you. Uh, yeah. Like we. You're just proving like, my if point. I, if if I saw you more often, like there would be a look associated with you did it to yourself. <laughs> like you would know when I gave you the look that that's what I mean to say. You wouldn't. I wouldn't even need to say it anymore. But since we live five and a half hours apart. I have to say it all the time. I understand. You did that to yourself, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Is what he's trying to say. Just a buck. You guys direct me, Sam. Just do the one perfect. And action. Did... Did you say nerd? Oh, okay. That wasn't right. That wasn't right. What do you mean? Is that right? right? It sounded good. Okay. Try it again. It sounded good. Try one more time. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Isaac, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Did you say? <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Did. Did you say? I can't. I did, did that one. Did you say nerd? Did you say nerd? Did you say nerd? Did you say Norse? Did you say nurse? Did you say Norse gods? Did you say Thor? King of the Norse gods? King of the Slim Jims. Did you say Macho Man Randy Savage? Did you say, hey, Monarch, taking your fucking car? (laughs) Did you say, avoid the noid? (laughs) Did you say, do the do? Did you say... Carly Rae? All the things you said, all the things you said, running through my head, running through my head. Did you say, nerd? Did you say nerds the popular candy? <laughs> TM no, C C no it C. is C. C C my bad yeah copyright law and trademark <laughs> my bad the difference I'll right, learn it you get one more take and did you say Matt Damon? <laughs> <laughs> Where did that even go? What? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Did you say Matt Campbell? <laughs> Did you say Ben Affleck is Batman? <laughs> Did you say Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor? Did you say Zack Snyder should not be allowed to direct any more movies? Did you say Zack Snyder's a puss pile sin against God? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, God. Right. They're one and the same. Well, oh, okay. They're one and the same. Oh, yeah. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? Shut it down. Three and one. Do, do yeah, I know. I'm waiting right now. <clears throat>